Are you ready for the word this morning? Now we start speaking on a subject last Sunday. Follow me. <laughs> Seven times in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, follow me. Twenty times in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the Gospels where Jesus said, follow me. And that's the starting point of your life. Last week, we tried to answer and we tried to answer off the why and the what in life. And I had a great reaction by the grace of God of people that said, you help us today to understand. You're not called in life just to exist or just to cruise through life and wait for the uppertaker or the undertaker and and life is a burden and it's hell and it's terrible and no god wants you to enjoy life life is too short to go through life with <laughs> oh i hate every day i hate mondays and when monday you say i wish it's friday and when friday come you say i wish it's monday whoa and i hate sundays because then i need to go to church now now that's a terrible kind of attitude if people, and people live that kind of lives. We don't have time to waste. In the next 10 years time, I'll be, I'm 38 plus vet, I'll be 48 plus vet. That means close to 80, you know, on the way to 80 already. And uh, I don't have time to waste. And that's why we need to follow the principle of the word to understand because last week we discover what am I? <laughs> oh my word, I'm the only one with a screwdriver on the platform. This thing was just designed to screw in screws and unscrew. But I use it to open a tin of paint. I use it to chisel. That's why it's got marks here. You can see the thunder and lightning marks of the hammer at the back. To chisel some wood away. Then we use this to get the weeds out of the garden. And some people use this as a murder weapon. But we are use stuff for what it was not designed for. And it's the same with your life. The enemy wants you to use your life what you were not designed for. You were not designed to be a chisel, take weeds out. If you were designed to be a screwdriver to turn in screws and turn it out, that's what it's designed for. Now, for me as a human being to discover the why I am here. You're not an accident. You were designed. Sometimes we feel like that. What is the use of Did you ever have that feeling? What's the... Use of being alive. Thank you, these three honest people. And the others, you will pray for us later on. And then you need to go to the one who designed you, who formed you, who planned you. God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1. And he said, I've called you and I've laid my hands upon you. And before you were formed in your mother's womb. And then Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Excuse. Excuses will always rob you from the very thing you were designed and planned for by God. 
And then the Lord asked him, Jeremiah, what do you see? I see awakened tree. He said, that's how awakened I am over my word. Until you can see the word. Now, here I have a screwdriver. So it's for, here I have soap. I manufacture the soap. This is the only lion soap in the world because I designed, I manufactured the mold. This is real soap. And I made the soap. It's oils combined with lye and, and all kinds of stuff. And then you get the product of soap. But this soap was not made just to put on display. Soap is there to wash somebody. I want somebody. You can live, Reinhard Bonker said, in a soap factory and still be dirty. Now it's the same with this. What it is designed for, that chair will be the most uncomfortable thing to sleep in. But it's made to sit on. And uh, now, now, if we can discover the why in life, it's more than just get old and have children and grandchildren. Our, our second granddaughter, we've got six grandkids, uh, is turning turn 21 today. Now, it's amazing. That's not what God was designing us just for. To get old and have grandchildren, end up somewhere in an old age home, and, and your teeth sleep separate from your body, and your hair apart from your head. And, you know, that's not. You were designed by God to be a world changer. God could have chosen heavenly beings that never argues with God. Did you discover we argue with God? And did you discover that we sometimes fight the leading of God? We hear the word. We read the word. But the word doesn't change us. Now let me get to the thing to help you to understand. Because if you don't change what you think, your future is going to remain the same. And the sign of insanity is do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different result. Now, you cannot. You, to change is the name uh, into the image. That's God's ultimate plan. More of Jesus and less of us. Help me, somebody. And, and if there's more of Jesus now, here in Matthew chapter number 4 and in verse 19, Jesus came. Now remember, Jesus also gave a parable. He says, occupy till I come. He didn't say just be here. Occupy means take ownership, be in control, be that one that dominate you. The kingdom of darkness is not supposed to dominate the kingdom of light. Light always overrule any darkness. And there's darkness in the world. But you are the light and I, I am the light. Turn to somebody say, you are the light. Say shine baby shine. It's time to shine. And if they look dark, pull their ear or pull something and say I just want to switch your light on this morning that the world can see that you are the light of the world. Now in Matthew, there she comes, there she comes. Um, the guy that I organize, she needs a husband. Are you here? Okay, I'll tell you later. 
Matthew chapter 4. Marlene, you precious. Verse 19. Now Jesus came and he said, in the fourth verse, man shall not live from bread alone. Turn to somebody, say, stay away from bread. Because look how Gustav looked. He's got a tube around his middle that developed in this time of lockdown, and it's bread. I don't want to see a hamburger. I don't want to see chips. I, maybe cake. Oh, my Jesus, I don't know. But stay away from those things. Man shall not live from bread alone. Because Jesus was hungry and Satan said, if you are. Now that's the challenge you will always have with the devil will try to ask you the question, if you are. And he will confront you with what the word says. If you are the son of God, turn the stones into bread. And then Jesus said, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word. Somebody say every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And then now Jesus, the Bible was not written in chapters and in verses, so he's still speaking about that. And then Satan depart, and in verse 19 he says, And he said to them, he came where there was at the Sea of Galilee, and he noticed two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, throwing a dragnet into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus looked at them and said, Follow me, and I will make you. You see, a lot of people want the make you part. But they are not willing to do the follow me part. Now, Amplified says it this way. And he said to them, come after me as disciples. Now, that's in the Bible. Come after me. As disciples, letting me be your guide. Turn to somebody, say, be led by the Spirit of God. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Not emotions, not TV, not, not, not news, not feelings, not pain. Let me be your guide. What's a disciple? Somebody that learns how to live life. Otherwise, your life is going to be haphazardly. He says, as disciples, letting me be your guide, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, this is phenomenal when Jesus said that. And uh, that's why I gave the stat seven times in the book of Matthew, 20 times in the, the Gospels. Now, here Jesus keeps on speaking, and now we are in chapter 24, and uh, during that time, he said, seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. Find out how God is doing God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. God has a way how you and I must live life to be what the word says we can be. Come on, somebody. He didn't make only empty promises. <laughs> now, I'm going to end up with something about the I am. And then in chapter 24, and in verse 15, just chapter 7, beware of false prophets who come to you dressed as sheep, but inside they are devouring wolves. <laughs> you will fully recognize them by their fruit. Turn to somebody, say, are you fruity this morning? Are you bearing good fruit? <laughs> or are you only leafy? <laughs> and then he comes to 
chapter 24. Jesus is ready. He's at the end of his way. And then he comes in verse 13. He says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Endures to the end. Now, now, don't miss the terminology. And this good news of the kingdom, people prophesied Jesus is coming before the end of the year. I'm telling there, all the kinders van the is nie I guarantee you he's not coming before the end of the year. Somebody prophesied he's coming in the next eight years. Read my lips. N-O-No. Penny Poloni. Why? There's one billion people on the face of the earth who never heard about Jesus. One billion. Now, if Jesus would come before the gospel and hear the word says, and this good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then will come the end. Jesus' own words. We live this world life that we are sitting and folding our arms and said, please, Jesus, Maranatha, come now. He said, if I come now, you didn't fulfill your life's purpose. You have a life purpose to live out. Now, he goes on with the word, and then in verse 24, he says, for false Christs and false prophets will arise, and they will show great signs and wonders so as to deceive and lead astray, if possible, even the elect, God's chosen ones. That is the most scary thought. Even the very elect, the eight verkorenes, can mislaai The Even the very elect, God's chosen ones, there's a possibility. So what's going to help me to overcome this thing that I will not be deceived? And that's when Jesus said, follow me, follow, let me be your guide. Follow me as disciples. He didn't say, Jesus said, in his life ministry, there was three groups of people that was always with him. There was just the, 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 the crowds, the two-scores. They're there for the bread and the fish and the miracles and what Jesus did. Then he had a group following him. That's a dangerous group, the communicators, the scribes and Pharisees. Wherever you read about a scribe and Pharisee in the Bible, it's big trouble. They always try to find fault with Jesus. And all of us have crowds and you have communicators about you. Somebody to came to gossip to me about me and he didn't know it was me. And he told me the most amazing stories about me. That not I know about it, not God know about it, not even the devil knew about it. Somebody else came and say, oh, they say that about you. I said, if they know me like I know myself, they will say worse things than that. Just to put him off. Listen, now, this is the key word that you need to understand. And then Jesus had the true followers. During coronavirus, he's shifting people out of the crowds, out of just being communicators to become followers. 
there's a fall away in the church world right now. People that have been serving God here suddenly could not handle it. Pressure, the parable of the sower is operating. But there's so many new people that just came in hungry for God, don't have a charismatic, Pentecostal, cruzomatic, chrysomatic experience, just want to love God. Now, let me get to the word. It's your wife texting you. She's got an appointment with you. Jesus' mission in this life, listen, was and is that you will be the Christian that the devil warned people against. If you woke up in the morning, the devil said, don't, don't get involved with Miss Jean. She serves me. Stay away from her. Stay away from Sandra. Stay away from Brother Barsi. Are you that Christian that the devil warned people against? Did you get that? I didn't say, are you the devil that the Christians is warning everybody against? Said, are you the Christian the devil warns against? Now, now <laughs> here the thing comes, and Jesus explained this because his whole mission was that more of Jesus will be seen in us than what the world or what you really are. Now, Paul comes and he instructs because you need three people in your life. Three things. You need a model. Jesus, the perfect model. You need a mentor. Somebody that can mentor you. Paul says you've got many teachers, but you've got only one father. You need somebody that you can pick up his heartbeat and just do it as Jesus did it. That's what Paul was addressing Timothy. So he comes in the book of Timothy. And then he instructed him in the end time. And he also spoke about the end time signs. Because everybody is up in arms. And 1999, I traveled America. And I was in Chicago and New York. And where we normally, some of these places we go. And everybody said, Y2K. Everything is going to fall down. They hand out at every church where I preach what you need to gather for the fall down of the economy, water, soya beans, candles, paraffin, and draw your money out of the banks. Spirit of prophecy came upon me and I said, hear the word of the Lord. It's not going to happen. 2000 is going to be a glorious year. And people were angry with me. Even my mother withdraw her money, cancel all her insurance policies because the Antichrist cannot going to sit with her stuff. And 2000, a minute after 2000 start, all going to be gone. Now we are, here we are, how many years later? 20. And we're still skinny. We're still younger. We're still not gray. Come on, people. And it never changed. Hmm. Prophesied in the church in Mississippi when T.B. Joshua was prophesying that Hillary Clinton's going to be the president. And the spirit of prophecy came upon me in Pastor Mandy. She's gone to be with the Lord, one of your pastors. She passed away earlier. And I said, hear the word of the Lord. Donald Trump is going to be the president. The people stood up and walked out of the building. I said, false prophet. Now, I never said I'm a prophet. 
That's why I am not intimidated by the flow of the world. That's Satan's strategy to get you in the system because you are the light and the salt. And now in America, they buy goats and chickens and gather water and because it's going to be terrible, the Antichrist is taking over. The Antichrist cannot. What is Antichrist? Anybody that doesn't believe that Jesus is Christ and Christ is the Savior is Antichrist. Now, I know I'm open for a lot of comments on the broadcast, but that's what it is. People who don't believe in Jesus, they're the Antichrist. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm going to blow your mind by the word this morning. I want to help you to walk out of this building as a winner never to lose, never to look at your life again as insignificant of no meaning, of just existence, of just survival, that you will look at your life and say, I am meant to count on the face of the earth. I am a world changer, a history maker, a planet shaker, an atmosphere changer. Hallelujah. I'm called for the nations of the world. Now listen, Paul comes in 2 Timothy 3, and he said, But understand, but understand, you must understand. Say understand. Don't eat anything just up. Every message you hear and every prophecy and what everybody preach, don't say just amen on it. Make sure it's in the Word. If it's not the Word, it is not God. And he warns us, he says, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress. <laughs> stress. Oh, my word. Do you know that word is in the Bible? Stress. You stretch. Last days will come set in perilous times of great stress. Stretch. And trouble. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. Now it tells us why. For people. Now this letter was not written to the heathen. It was written to Holy Ghost tongue talking, baptizing, born again Christians. was written to church people. That's the sign. You will be shocked when you read scripture. It says, for people will be lovers of self. <laughs> and utterly self-centered. Lovers of money. And aroused by the inordinate greedy desire for wealth. Proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce, haters of good. And then the Bible gives us the instruction to tell us what to look for in the end time so that you will not step into that booby trap. Verse 9, but they will not get very far for they rush fully will become 
obvious to everybody as was that of those magicians mentioned. Now, talks about James, Jamus, Janus, and Jambres, who were hostile, who rose up against Moses. And then the Bible goes on in verse number 24. Uh, verse 14, he said, But as for you, continue to hold to the things that you have learned and of which you are convinced, knowing from whom you learned them. So all these things are described in the Bible of the end time. Then verse 16, every scripture is God-breathed. Say every scripture. It's given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose and action so that the, the man of God, the man of God may be completely and proficient, well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. What must I do? I must be equipped for every good work. Now, when you read, that word is understand. Perilous times means to realize. Now, that the enemy, did you know there's a devil there that hates you? You know he was not created in the likeness and image of God. You were. You were created in God's image and likeness. Now, the devil didn't like that. And the plan of the enemy. Now, you need to get this truth that I'm going to tell you right now in the next few minutes and make it your own. Because, people, this is so important to understand this morning. The enemy wants to attack the word over your life. God put Adam and Eve there and here he gave them seed, gave them authority, gave them jurisdiction. And the enemy didn't like that. So he had to come and test that word. And because he tests that word, <laughs> Eve step on the booby trap. Now listen, this is vital, important. Everything God created was perfect. Everything. You and I, perfect. Until Satan creep up in the garden and challenge the word he knew. He did what? He challenged the word he knew. What was that word? You can eat of every tree, but don't touch that one. I give you authority and seed. Come on, somebody. He knew it. Since the word spoken, Listen what happens. That word God said, Satan will challenge that word. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's why I stop with I will make you. I will make you means a broad thing when I come to the word of I am. Now he will challenge. You wonder why are you going through, the prophet said, the Bible says, the preacher said, he said, she said, they said, and why? Because he wants to challenge the word over your life. Not one person sits here 
were designed by God to be a failure, to be defeated, not to have hope or just to exist. God created you for impact. To impact everything possible, what you get the revelation on to be impact and to rule and reign on the face of the earth. Now, this is the thing. Because if you, devil cannot, if you change the word, you change the results of the original word. God says, I see you as a champion, an overcomer. How many of us in this building today don't feel like overcomers and champions? You feel defeated. You feel this is my last hope. You feel if God doesn't do something this morning, you're going to toss in the towel. How many of you had that experience? I can testify. I had that in my life. Why? Because Satan attacks the word and he wants to change the word that you will not have the word results, but a different result. Adam and Eve got a different result than what God said because they caused this thing. And what happened is, out of that, false doctrine came. And when this false doctrine entered the first family, it contaminated the process of life. Did you get that? When false doctrine enter you, I sat in a meeting, big meeting, thousands of people, a man came to me and he prophesied to me. That's why when I see prophets, I want to hang garlic around my neck and get across. Now, there is prophets, that's true, and I, I prophesy myself by the grace of God. And I'm not saying all the prophets, but there's certain prophets I want to say, Hey, what's up? Get behind me, Satan. Don't open your mouth where I am. Because everything that comes out is that Second Timothy 3 situation. I preach in a church. Now, and a man came with me with the same type of glasses I have on today. Somebody said, I walk at, at the market and somebody said, oh, there is Harry Potter. Now, I'm looking, where's Harry Potter? Then I found out they mean me. Oh, that's the glasses. So this man came to me and he said, I am he. Now, you know, sometimes I'm a duh. You know, the lift doesn't go up with stories like that. Now, these people are just preaching this big church in Mississippi. And I said, excuse me, sir, I am he. He said, I am the one the world is waiting. Now I know where he's going now. Got long hair. He tries to look like Jesus. And I feel my word. And people hang on him. I am he. I married somebody. And we were waiting for the, I don't want to go into too much detail. And uh, for the pictures with the bride's couple. And the father of the groom came to me and he said, Are you also waiting for him to come? I mean Jesus. Yes. He said, here I am. I have come. Now look at this man. It's God's truth. And he called his wife. 
He said, here's another one that believes he still needs to come, and here we are. And he said to me, the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Jesus is dead. He is the Christ. There's only God and him. And they're a group now in South Africa. There's a big group here in South Africa. They're the Christ. And I think, here God. I have my pointers with Evers. I track now that you were scopgegeerd. Especially say that in Afrikaans, they think I speak in tongues. And after the thing, I asked the bridegroom, I said, why didn't you ask your father to, he said, you see how crazy they are? Because he said he's a pastor, he's Jesus. I cannot let him marry me. See, this is the time frame we are in. And it's reality. It's not here saying, I've experienced this. Because when false doctrine and false doctrines all over the world, because now we neglect the ownership, occupy till I come. We let the devil take position and say, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. And while God called you to rise up aggressive in the power of his might, passive Christianity is not going to do anything. Hear the word. Now you say, Gustav, we didn't come for that word this morning. We want to hear something. We want to feel good. Like the coat advert. I feel good. You're going to feel good because the word is going to let you feel good. Listen. And the first question after false doctrine enter in. First question ever asked on the face of the earth is, Where are you? God still asked the question, where are you? They were hiding. They were not there where God was meeting with them. That's why the place is important with God. Oh, I can serve God anywhere. You cannot. You can only bloom where you are planted. You can only flourish where God plants you. <laughs> Listen, that's the Bible. She's the basic stuff. We want big revelation. Big, 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 big. I first want to be make, but I don't want to follow. No. When you make and you don't follow him as your guide, you will come in error. You will see the prophecy fulfilled in people's lives of all these negative things. Now hear this. Adam, where, Adam, where are you? Lord, here we are, but we make it. Who told you you're naked? Did you allow deception to overrule your mind, to take you away from the position where I have placed you and with the stuff I gave you, how to make life? God created them in Genesis 1 and he gave them dominion, rulership, rulership to rule. The earth doesn't belong to the devil. Oh, he's the God of the world. Yeah, the only God, a small letter G, of the world, we allow him to rule in our lives. 
You are called to rule. And God gave you seed, the power of seed to change any circumstances. That's why the devil will fight seed. Come on, people. Now, let me get to the end of the word. Hallelujah, we early. Listen. The devil is after your why. He's after the word. The devil know you are chosen. Say, I am chosen. Say it again. Say, I am chosen. Ephesians chapter 1. You're handpicked. You're chosen. You're preordained by God. You're the object of God's love. You are chosen. Now, can you think if we are 85% of Christians in the Western Cape and everybody realize he's chosen and she's chosen, how we will change this nation? Now, my, 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 my stepfather, Opa. Opa is a Hitler German. Opa prophesied twice to me in his condition. He prophesied to me when uh, I was 60. I went out, Opa Day. Got him in the car. Now, he's not really in the God thing and the Jesus thing. He believes in Hitler. And uh, he hates the Queen of England. He hates uh, Jews. He hates English people. He hates them. He hates everybody. Opa got in the car one day and he said, You're Jesus. He chose 12 people and he turned the world upside down. Start the car that we can go. And I said, Billiam's donkey is right next to me right now. So Tuesday night, I end up with Opa in the spur. Now, I mean, if we had that device that they've got on TV, when you say the wrong word, blinkety blink, the whole conversation will be beep, 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 beep. Because I've heard the most family words, that big F, Tuesday night. Later on, I feel like, oh, Jesus. And suddenly out of that, he said, South Africa will become a Christian nation. Will be the largest Christian nation in the world. Now, I mean, if you know Opa with the blinkety blink and the FTF, you must understand FTF has speaker now and Billiam's donkey is here again. And he said, everybody will be saved. And he said, bring that double whiskey that I can drink it right now. And I sat there and I said, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Let this night pass, my Lord, let this night. Take me home, my Lord, take me. I mean to Valkenwood area, not... And I left there and I was thinking, it's amazing how God can speak through people to make you aware. That's why I'm so positive about the harvest. And every time when Opa prophesied through whatever, it was always about God's will, what God desire, and what God's plan is. Now, maybe for you, it sounds like, wow, 
No, no, I'm telling you, that was a God moment. Even William's donkey spoke, and I heard the donkey again on Tuesday night. Now, this is the thing that you need to be aware and realize. John writes in the New Living Translation, 1 John 5, 21. Dear children, keep away from anything, anything that might take God's place in your heart. That's a scary scripture. Stay away from anything. I was in meetings where I had to kneel down and say, I bring my Isaac to you that I love so much because I never thought I'm going to make it. And I've learned no Isaac, no money, no fame, no importance. Must stay God's place in your heart and in your life. If you want to stay, because all this what Timothy was written and Jesus was saying is something else occupy and to God's place and God is no longer first. It's very dangerous with follow me. Now, let me finish. You know you're chosen. You know the only life God has designed for you is to have the Zoe, life as God has it right now, and have it in abundance. Help me. John 10, 10. He said, but the thief comes only. The thief. The devil is a thief. He's the father of lies. He only comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Now, you are called to live God's original intent. What is God's original intent with you? To make you a fisher of men. That's the first words came out of Jesus' mouth when he spoke to sinners by calling them. Your nature as a born-again believer must be a fisher of men. And we use it in Bishop Orion. He's one of my favorites. He's in the Philippines. He said, nowhere you see signs. A school for fish to swim. A school for birds to fly. Because when a fish is born, he knows exactly he must swim. When a bird it comes out of the egg and he develops, the first thing you know he must do, that's why he flap his wings, even if there's no feathers on, he must fly. That's the original intent. That's what God created you to be. He believes in you. He could have chosen heavenly beings, but he believes in us with our own strong will. Listen. And that's why you are called. And Satan's plan. Peter says, we're not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and forces of darkness of the air. So there's a constant assignment against your life of the enemy. He wants to replace the true word of God with deception, with error, with false doctrine, where you start believing a lie about yourself, what you are not, while God says this is what you are. And this brings us to the closing point. Listen. He wants to get you away from your calling. And to do that, he's after the word. You have been called. 
Well, I'm called to be a mechanic, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, uh, a businessman. No, that's not really your calling. That's just helping you to fulfill your calling. Tasha and Anzala said they will never go into ministry. I want to force them. They were studying, I think, business economics or something. And at that time, a Korean missionary stole every money we had to build the school. It's not really. She was from, I believe today she's a communist from uh, North Korea. And a sad thing happened. 1.9 million and uh, story upon story tried to poison me. Then they had the Korean mafia here to assassinate me. And it's all stories that I can tell you. And... Uh, a man came to the office, flew in, and he told Emmy, he said, I refuse to leave this office today if I don't see your pastor. Emmy came in. I said, Emmy, I cannot see him. I'm booked up and all, blah, blah, blah. She said, he said he's going to sleep here. He's got a word from God. His name is Skalk Grunewald. I said, I don't know a Skalk Grunewald. So later on, I went out of the office. He said, my name is Skalk Grunewald. God sent me. You don't know me. I came from Hengelar's friend on the other side of Pretoria. I have a word of, from God for you. Two words. Number one, let that money go and don't fight for that money. 1.9 million that year was a lot of money. He said, your life is at stake. And number two, the Lord said, take your hands off your children. I've called them for ministry and you tried to push them in the wrong direction. He said, I said, I need to think about it. He said, you cannot think about it. You have time till tonight to decide. So I had to make hasty decisions. And I'm not sad, 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 sad. I'm so excited. All my children, Anzel, Tasha, Vili, with their spouses, with their children, are all called for a great assignment today in the face of the earth. Now, this is the thing. I had... Error came in, and I had to replace the error with the true word, and that was the word of God. Now, Satan needs to steal the word. Why the word? He knows the word produces always a 30, 60, or 100 times more. And he's afraid you will step into that what the word produces. When I moved to Cryfontaine, you see, I've got, uh, who saw the movie Babe? He claimed Farky. Did you know I played that movie? My nose is not like this, that I was born like this. Or window shopping, put my nose against the window. It's the ministers that got me in the parking lot and say, you, you never, it's God's truth, going to make it here in Cryfontaine. It's God's truth. And then I discover error came in. I was just existing. And I had to fight the error. Satan doesn't want the word to produce. He doesn't want you to be a sower. You know the word produced when you follow the instruction. There's a 30, 60, and 100 times more. God proved to people in the lockdown that he's the source, not your job, not your business, not your, your, your great-grand-wealthy father, not your El Shaddai. He's your El Shaddai. Now, this is the thing. He knows the word produce. 
He's after the word seed, the love seed, the money seed. He fears the power of seed. That's why he tried to kill Jesus. Because what was God's prophecy in Genesis 3? The seed of the woman. The devil is afraid of seed. You are the seed of God. <laughs> Listen. And because you know God has a method, how you're going to follow him, how you're going to be a giant, how you're going to be more than a conqueror, how you're in this world but not from this world, how you're going to be always victorious, how you build your house on a solid rock when the storms come and the floods come, the parable of what Jesus said. I want to show you how a somebody that hears the word and do the word, he builds his house on a solid foundation. He knows that. And God gave us a simple method how to tap into every promise in the book is yours. You never need to be defeated. You never need to feel hopeless. You never need to feel overcome by the devil. You never need to feel the devil has the last say. He, he doesn't have the last say. The word is the last say, what God says. And the word is in you. And the word is for you. Hebrews chapter 10, 38. The just shall what? It didn't say exist. It didn't say barely make it. It didn't say maybe. The just shall live. It's a command. It's instruction. How? By faith. What does faith say? Oh, I belong to Lovedal. That means nothing. Faith is. God said it. I believe it. Now I act upon it. That's the faith that can move mountains. God said all my needs are met according to his riches. Because I'm a giver, I can tap into that. Now all my needs are met according to his riches in glory. God said I am more than a conqueror. I'm God's champion. That's why I am God's champion this morning. I am not defeated. I am not overcome by depression and oppression. And I'm not, blah, 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 blah. I am not. Because faith says it's the only thing that excites God, that makes God happy. By believing God, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith it is. What's the word that you're going to read there? Now, now, what does impossible mean? Oh, Gustav, I first need an angel to appear that, and I need the Latin and the Greek and the Hebrew. Let me tell you, I can speak Japanese. Yamaha, Kawasaki, Honda, and Suzuki. It means in the language the same thing. Impossible is impossible. If the word says without faith it's impossible to please God, you cannot please God. I've tried that with hairstyles and, uh, and, 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 and Nikki wear buns and no shave leg hair and arm hair and no makeup. And I can tell you, we've been there. But we were miserable and hateful and prideful and had no joy. That's not what excites God. 
What excites God is when you believe the word above your circumstances, above your situation. When you can believe God for the miraculous to happen. The doctor said you're going to die, but the word says you're going to live. I believe the word. (laughs) The bank manager said you're bankrupt, but my God's word says my needs are supplied. Hallelujah, all my needs are according to his riches. The the, the economy said you're never going to make it. But 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, I knew the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ, although he was very rich for my sake become very poor so that through his poverty I may become wealthy hallelujah the word says it now he knows that (laughs) faith comes by hearing then by believing then I must see it I'm after a new building for this 8 o'clock and 9.30 service with a lot of facilities in just close by here with a phenomenal children's church and there's a lot of activity and it's going to be phenomenal and uh, busy uh, with that transaction and uh, you're going to see something completely different than this. Listen, now, now you need to see it. You need to do it. And then you must receive it. Otherwise, it's only going to remain seed. Now, musicians come. This week, what I'm going to tell you now is going to blow your mind. Now, I have a sauna in the house. And uh, by time, I do the keys of faith. So in the morning, I sit in the sauna. That's why you can hardly see me. I'm so skinny now. Forgive me, Lord, for that line. And uh, the other morning, now I do the keys of faith every morning. goes all over the world by the grace of God. I heard the word of the Lord. Don't empower the devil. Empower the devil. He said, yes. Because you use my name in vain. What? I don't, Jesus and God and Afrikaans, I don't use that words. I don't use the G-O-D. I say, oh, what? I, I don't do that. Because that's a very hard word in Afrikaans. And I say, help me to understand that. Hmm. When I sent Moses to Egypt, and Moses said, who will I say sent me? And the Lord said, I said to him, I am. Tell them I am. Okay, I I need to, um, but slow. I am. I am what? God said, I didn't put any tag onto my name. If you read every time where God says I am, at a time Jesus said, I am. He said, it's unlimited. Now I'm thinking, I am. He said, you empower the devil. He said, because me and my father are one. I am in the father, father of me, and we are in you. So what are in you? The I am. I am. He said, if you start saying, I am weak. 
sick. I am poor. He said, you use my name in vain. He said, because the I am that's in you are not weak, are not sick, are not poor, are not depressed, are not defeated, are not hopeless. He said, when you say I am, say what I am saying, hallelujah. I want to make you fishers of men. I am too shy. I'm not educated. I'm too busy. I have not that revelation. He said, if the nations can stop swearing or use my name in vain and they say what I am not. Some of you don't get it. Oh, the light will go on now, now. Because our language of the self-centeredness, what Paul was prophesying and Jesus said, in the last days, they will be self, very self-centered. I am what I am feeling. Paul comes and he says, we're not moved by what we feel. You empower the devil to use God's name. To speak negative and death and, oh, we're not going to make it. South Africa's going under. I heard you out of a man with double whiskeys. I don't know if it was Jack Daniels. I don't know all that stuff. With Coke. Said, South Africa. He didn't even realize what he was saying. We'll be saved. It will be the most. Look at him. You have a mandate to change the world. If you can start saying what God is saying. and That's why Jesus said, follow me. I will make you. Also in that session, I spoke yesterday on that. My question is, we pray. We all pray. I, I, I pray. One morning, you can see the trousers I wear have too little material. And that's why it's a stovepipe. So I had these trousers from the U.S., and I want them to make it a stovepipe. I had a little 1,400 Datsun Bucky. And they must, at that time they had to enlarge the territory here. Now it's decreasing. I stopped in front of the tailor in Old Paul Road. And the door locked. The door jammed. I couldn't get out of the door. Try to open the door. Door doesn't. And I heard the voice of God. Start the bucky. Rush to Lofdal. And I thought, rush to Lofdal. What voices do I hear now? I'm here to fix my trousers. Try to get out of the passenger door. Doesn't open. I turn and I kick the door open. Got out, but I heard. Start the bucky. Rush to the property. I went into the tailor and I heard for the third time and I turned around and he said, I'll help you now. I said, I, I'm okay. Got in the bucky, start the thing, rush to the property, halfway, right in the middle of Lukumbos. Laura was pushing her two babies in a push cart here out of the avenues to Big Lofdal. 
And three guys from Nigeria attacked her. They had a knife, threw her on the ground. They want to cut her elastic, her underwear. They want to rape her. And I saw it. And I pulled in the bucky. Now, you know, I'm short, five foot seven. These guys look like giants. They've got arms like this. And this door doesn't, and I kick open that door, and the first thing I got hold of was a wheel spanner. Because they're not going to do it where I am. It's got truth. And I grab the wheel spanner, and I start charging. But I didn't speak in Afrikaans. I didn't speak in English. I didn't use that other words that you never said for years, and when you hit your finger with a hammer, you speak, or you somebody. I didn't use that words. I got out of the bucket. They were there, three of them. I mean big. Children hysterical. They throw her to the ground. Everybody passed by. Nobody helps. And they're going to rape her there on the pavement. And I grabbed that wheel spinner. Rabba shaka taba. Because I realized that day. We have no time to waste. So Laura's life was saved by the grace of God. And I was arguing. I'm a thinker. You tell me a joke today and I laugh tomorrow. And I said, God, what is it? So many prayers and nothing moves in nations. And he said, I gave faith. Go to Mark chapter 11, he says. Now Mark chapter 11, verse 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Changed my life in 1979. I said, Dad, Hagen preach in Randberg at the Standard Bank Arena. And he made one thing, the just shall live by faith. That changed my life. And the Lord said, read it again. Have faith in God. For whosoever will say unto this mountain, cast himself up into the sea and not doubt in his heart, he will have whatsoever he saith, not have whatsoever he thinketh or believeth. What comes out of your mouth is the direction your life is going to go. And when you pray, believe. Next one, 24. It will be done for you. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will. Is there maybe or maybe not? No, no, no. You will get it. So in other words, when I pray by faith, whatever I need, God said, you can have it. But just read the next one. And whenever you start praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, forgive her or them, and let it drop. Leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. My dad died in 1985. At a young age, 54, I stood next to his bed while he passed away. 
It was three months that I looked after him. We stayed on the farm and every morning I will go to Gordon's Bay, get him bath, feed him, take him to his doctor's appointments, come back today, late, late afternoon to the farm. So my dad died. I'm not an angry person. I don't sleep angry. I'm not angry with nobody. If somebody's angry with me from their side, I, I'm not angry. I've learned some valuable lessons in the life. You have only time till midnight tonight to let go of your anger, your unforgiveness. Your, but this is what the Lord, He said, the nations are angry. South Africa are a very angry nation. What do you mean? He said, they're angry. He said, I cannot hear their prayers. Because truth will prevail. He said, if I oversee that, then I am no longer the I am, what I said I am. Have you prayed to God and say, God, can you just pass this one? Please don't just wipe this one out of your word. I just don't want to do this one. Have you, have you ever? He said, the moment when I change my word, I am no longer I am. Now I'm learning. People say, what are you doing? I'm learning. He said, because they are angry. So here I'm driving it's in 1993. Now, eight years later, drop when Johanna and Auntie Mari the toy in Peru. And as I come through the ditch here on the N1, under the overpass of R300, anger pushed up in me against my father. I'm so angry. You could tie my trousers with a python. I could kill, I nearly said the jalapeno spider. What's that? Ranchula, what? Tarantula! And she's so sweet. Anybody needs a wife? She's from the U.S. She's stuck here. She's a great missionary. Say, can fry in Koskwak. And she can cook. I don't know how to say that other word in English. And on that moment, angry. I'm very angry. And then I realize it's a thing that I didn't deal with many, many years ago. Now, our parents were strong, strict Afrikaans people. Children are seen and not heard. You don't talk on a table. You don't put your elbows. My dad, you don't sit on your lap and eat. Our table was set seven days a week. Sundays, three, two kinds of meats and pudding. So I started cooking since the age of nine. Of course, my parents was working and I have an older brother and sister and then a younger brother. And so tonight when we sleep, our house was as clean. You could eat from the floors. But this anger, and suddenly I realize I'm in prison. I'm angry. Because things go, and every October we go through some patch. And that was October. And I had to let go of that thing. 
rewind the button. In the 80s, I was at a church growth seminar at the AFM in Belleville, Uncle Van der Bank's church. Nicky van der Westhuizen was there, and Johan van der Engelbrecht, church growth. I sit there, they talk how to grow your church, and suddenly I heard the voice of God. You have dealt with the fruit, and you've cut off the tree, but you never took the root of bitterness out of you. Root of bitterness. I said, yes, you're angry with the children's mother. Now, my children can never tell you I said any bad thing about They, they don't even know. Ne never. I don't do it. She never said any bad thing about me. But I was angry. And I didn't know it. He said, you dealt with the tree and with the fruit, but you never dealt with the root. That's why at times this thing jumps up. I went to Uncle Van der Banke. He was sweet, Pastor Van der Banke. He had a brick. And during the tea breaks, he will take a power nap with a brick under his neck. And I said, Pastor, can I borrow your office for a few minutes? And he said, yes. I fell on my knees. And I said, God, forgive me. I'm supposed to be light and the salt of the earth. But I carry a root of bitterness. Hebrews talk about that in my heart. I said, I thought I dealt with it. But the fact that the Holy Spirit brought it to me, that's why I was living in limitations. I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me that I am angry. Now, what I, that anger means unforgiveness. I said, you cannot hear my prayers. You cannot answer my prayers because I carry a root of bitterness. Now, this is what this week happened. I said, I had to get it out because I'm concerned about this church carries the mandate. This is the capital of revival. Hear what I'm telling you. And revival must bring a transformation for First, to love Jesus more and to have the heart for souls, to see the lost saved. If that's not the fruit of revival, then it's not revival at all. To make disciples. And then I prayed this next thing, and this is where people suffer. I said, God, I forgive myself. Because I had this thing against myself. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Otherwise, life would not work out this way. Now, I know you never had that thought. It's the viewers. This was not planned in the whole series of follow me and I will make you. And the Lord told me, he said, the fact that people hear messages and they don't respond in the fullness, the enemy has a doorway, that thing. Because they walk in unforgiveness with themselves. Now, I mean, you know, I preach for years, preach for 46 years, going 47 years. I don't preach normally this stuff. But I, I had a, <laughs> and when the Lord said, stop cursing, 
use my name in vain by saying, you are what you are not because I am in you. Everything you are is victorious, overcomer, a champion. You are here to make a difference on the face of the earth. He said, I gave the ministry a mandate. And when Opa Conrad prophesied, yesterday at Graceland's birthday, I realized, gosh, I was talking about Graceland. We know all our grandchildren are destined. Greatness. This morning, I want to pray. Every viewer this morning, there's times that you need to come so blunt, honest with yourself. Because God knows everything. I mean, who would think I was still carrying an anger against my dad? And uh, then children's mother that year, that's 19, whatever. That was in the 80s about Nikki. And I had to deal with this because I realized I was in a prison without bars. Mandela said the day when he walked out of Victor Verstappen, he realized if he brings the past with him, he will be a free man on the outside, but a prisoner on the inside. Are you a prisoner of your past? Heard some pain. I was 18 months very angry with God. I know you've never been angry with God. I know you've never been. I've been. You will see one thing about me. What you see is what you get. Because I'm here to help you. Chris died in October 2008. And it took me 18 months to process. We were in America the next December and I... Yaku was with me, Pastor Yaku, and I said, Yaku, you need to pray with me. I'm not going to make it. I said, oh, my word, all these years that I've been at Loftal, I've never heard you negative. I said, I'm angry. I'm angry with God. And it was like a thing jumped on me in that 18 months. It's like a spirit of, I will stand and cry. Push up and say, God, why didn't. And that day when he laid hands on me, that thing depart. And I could look more sober mindly to the situation that I was facing. Because here, the children's mother, I brought her back in our home as a vegetable. Well, that time she was still half in the coma. She was just lying there. We had to help her sit. It was day nurses, night nurses, weekend nurses. Thank God for my children. Now, why do I tell you this? I didn't plan this. To tell you, I'm telling you the word of God to turn this nation around. It's not about just us personally. Abraham called you to be the father of many nations. You are called to impact nations a bigger plan but you need to start at your Jerusalem right where you are 
You can walk out of this building today free. Say, Gustav, God help me. Or you can just carry on with life and expect a different result. And that's a sign of insanity. Doing things over and over and never change. Life is made out of choices. And one thing that I've learned when we're in this condition is we waste time. And Sal buried Manny's brother. He was brutally murdered, put nails through his feet. Last night they switched off the machines with Arnold. He went in just with a cough. He just had a slight cough. And the end is they did something in his lungs and Life, three things, your identities in Christ, your purpose in life to follow him and to make you fisher of men and time. I beg you, don't waste time. If you're here in this building this morning and say, I don't know Jesus, the church cannot save you, I cannot. I did a funeral, was it Tuesday? Were you here Tuesday on the funeral? You people look like the family. Okay, Tuesday morning I did a funeral. Yeah, out of this building. This lady moved from Bloemfontein two weeks ago to come and live here. And boom, 51 years old, gone. The boy she buried yesterday, I think he's in the 30s. 18. Shooting cases in Scottsdale last weekend. Yesterday or the day before, they shot, they shot one of our ex-rehab people Thursday night. Piano, piano, piano. And still remember him. Took him out. And we don't have time to waste. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to be with Gus. It's important to be planted. But what I'm asking you, Will you make a quality decision this morning? Say, God, I'm willing to follow you. That you can make me. I'm not going to waste time. I want to make fishers of men. Bring the harvest into the kingdom. Like never before. Not allow the thief to steal the word that produces such a powerful harvest in my life. Put God first in everything. So that I can heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Speak in new tongues, you'll take poison. That's God's idea about you. Always victorious that you will be his champion. If you're that person this morning to say, I'm not going to waste time. I'm ready to follow him and make disciples. Will you stand with me right now? Father, I thank you in this service this morning. For each and every person that are standing right now. We will not use your name in vain. We will only say what you say we are. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We champions. We are healed by your stripes. We are forgiven of our sins. We, our needs are met. You are the great I am, the great Jehovah God that reveal your power to us and through us. And this morning, Lord, there are viewers and people standing in this building the word moved them with the spirit. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, people are moved by the spirit of God. The word 
Jesus said the words, I speak to you, our spirit and life. And right now I prophesy over lives in this building. Your life will never be the same. You're going to move into greatness. But this morning, deal with the issue. If you have a root of bitterness, unforgiveness against anybody, the Bible says let it drop and just let it go. Just, just let it drop it and let it go. There are people you need to forgive yourself this morning for wrong choices and you keep on blaming. You can do nothing about yesterday, but the decision you make right now will transform everything for your future in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Pray with me. Pray out loud. Say, Father God, I've heard the word of the Lord this morning. I drop and let it go. Every unforgiveness, everything I've got against somebody, every root of bitterness, I forgive myself so that I can be in freedom. I stand in the gap for the nation to come out of their anger and the nations of the world. South Africa will be saved. From Cape to Cairo, Africa will be saved. And God, thank you that I'm going to be part of what you're going to do right now. My whole family will serve the Lord. From this day on, we will see the hand of the Lord move. Father, forgive us where we use your name in vain to say, I am sick, I am poor, I am depressed, I'm not going to make it, I'm not worthy, I, I'm not qualified, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. From this day on, I say I am what the Word says I am. I can do what the Word says I can do. I will achieve what the Word says I will achieve. And I can have what the Word says I can have in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty, I'm not under the curse. The curse has been broken by the blood of Jesus. Right now, I call freedom. There's somebody you suffer with suicidal thoughts and depression and oh my word the thoughts you occupy I break it over you right now I break it over you right now I break every situation every attack every negative situation in the name of Jesus I call freedom over you you are what the word says you are victorious you are healed you are blessed you are powerful and in the power of his might and you are called hallelujah to make disciples of all nations now the action is, we say, thank you, Lord, we're going to do it. Is there anybody that says he's going to do it? Say, I'm going to do it. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. And I honor you for that. Just put your hand on somebody or put your elbow on somebody if you want to be saved or whatever. Man, we rebuke the spirit of fear over this coronavirus. And we speak right now, pray over somebody, say, you are what God called you. You are better in your tomorrow than in your now. You are victorious, you are overcomer, you are a mighty vessel of Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Say, your circumstances change, your situations are changing. And you are phenomenal this morning. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Tonight, six o'clock, Pastor Lancel, hallelujah. Let she come and pray for us and Release us in the mighty. Amen. Father, we thank you for this powerful word that has been sown the seed. And we thank you that no devil will come and rob the seed from us as we leave this place. And Lord, we thank you that you bless families in this place. Your protection over everybody. And Lord, we thank you, God, that faith has arose up on the inside of us today. That we will go and do the mighty works that you, Lord, said we would do. And even greater works. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Change lives for the glory of the Father. Amen. Amen.